Heartburn. 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 Created by the University of Hartford Humanities Center Student Fellows. There is a healthy response from community-based organizations. I'm not open. I don't, you got an exchange? Give me five minutes. Give me, give me five minutes, okay? All right. I've always been fascinated by the adversity people face in their lives. As a kid, I loved learning about my favorite athletes and what they had to overcome to get to the pros. I remember daydreaming about how my story would write when I too made it one day. I imagined all the different paths my life could take, naively thinking that one of these paths must surely be the one that'll happen. Eventually, I was still a regular high schooler, and the professional scouts had not been flocking to my home. I realized how much has to go right for an elite athlete to be crafted, and just how much room there is for things to go wrong. As I gained life experience, my interest shifted towards those grappling with their own adversities, trying to stay on a positive path. Recently, I met a man who furthered this interest with a concept that was novel to me. It seemed strikingly obvious. So. Uh, my name is Mark Jenkins. I'm the executive director of the Greater Hartford Harm Reduction Coalition. Uh, I'm a harm reductionist. It's my mission uh, to help individuals reduce the amount of harm they cause themselves and their communities as a result of illicit drug use. Uh, that looks like many different things to different people. We don't, you know, we don't have a cookie cutter approach to helping people because individuals are just that, you know, individual by nature. So uh, our, our aim as an agency is not only to assist individuals as it pertains to their illicit drug use and how we can reduce the harm associated with those uses, but also to uh, leading even more productive lives. So what we can do to reduce barriers around housing, uh, employment, if it, you know, job applications, if it's identification, uh, again, different things to different people. Hearing Mark explain harm reduction fascinated me. He's an advocate for addicts and aids them in their adversity, and I can't imagine that there are many others like Mark. He has committed his life to helping people overcome some of the most overwhelming circumstances imaginable, and led many of them to sober and healthy lives. As we got into talking about his work, it became clear to me just how impactful he was. He recently opened up a second location based on the success of his first. Uh, we recently opened up 557 Drop, which is the state's first harm reduction resource and drop-in center uh, here, specifically a targeted area in the Upper Albany section of Hartford, uh, and we provide, uh, again, numerous services here to the population. But first and foremost, it's a safe zone. It's a location where an individual can come in and know that, you know, they're in a safe space, that if you're from Hartford, you're not gonna be able to come in here and not see someone you know, either sitting here or either on the wall behind you. And, and that's really the premise is, you know, once individuals know they're safe and the repetition of that, uh, then they open up and this ability to engage or offer other services just becomes an organic fit, a natural fit. 
Looking around, there was a whole mural of pictures behind Mark. It was clearly people that he had met, people that had been there, just a ton of people from the community that had met Mark and been struck by Mark in the same way that I had. And they're all smiling, they're all plastered all over the walls, and it really did feel like a safe space. You just walked in there and it felt like somewhere you could talk to someone where you could be open and honest. And I really believed that Mark had built a safe space. I was curious though, because it seems like you could criticize the space as facilitating or enabling drug use, which is obviously the least safe thing to do. But Mark didn't really seem to see it that way, and I don't think I saw it that way either. I agree with Mark that by giving people this repetition of safety will lead them to more safety and more good choices. And I never thought of it that way, how going into this place is much less intimidating than going into rehab or going to a clinic. But this is a good in-between step. This is a way to encourage people to make the first step. And once you make the first step, maybe they can make more steps. That being said, there are inherent risks in running a place where addicts are coming in to get materials to use drugs again. So I was curious about how Mark ensures that this space is completely safe and that it can't be abused. Uh, we're also the state's only overdose prevention site uh, where the state and the cities, towns, all have public consumption spaces. These are spaces where people from off the street go in, you know, Dunkin' Donuts, Starbucks, Burger King, where people go into the bathroom, they use drugs and unsupervised, they use drugs unsupervised and, and they die. Uh, because of the nature of our location, the fact that we are a syringe exchange also, we have to anticipate the probability of an individual using an illicit substance in our bathroom is probably pretty high. So there's a three minute rule. There's a timer, an individual can come in and use the facilities, but every three minutes they're going to have to respond. There's a timer. When that timer goes off, an individual will respond. And if they don't respond, then we can act accordingly. We make sure that everyone that comes through the door has access to naloxone. We believe in various formulations, and especially an intramuscular formulation, which is affordable and sustainable, something that we are trying to get the state to buy into also, um, because we know in any area in this country where they have a successful overdose prevention uh, program implementation where it's made a difference in the numbers, there is a healthy response from community-based organizations. The drop-in is actually where Mark and I had our conversation, and I got to see firsthand just how powerful his work is. The drop-in center was closed down for a few minutes, as Mark was the only one working that day. Several people from the city came in during our interview, waiting for services or items from Mark. It was apparent that they were addicts, weathered and worn by the lives they were leading. To be honest, I was kind of uneasy at first. I was facing Mark with my camera and turned around to see about five people behind me. It was a small space, so they were very close to me. There was one man, though, wearing a long, brownish coat. It was scuffed and dirtied, at best just barely warm enough to endure a Connecticut winter. He was tall and seemed particularly focused on the interview I was conducting. Ultimately, I just didn't know what was going to happen next. 
I didn't know how patient these people would be for me to finish my conversation with Mark. I didn't know how they would react to the questions I had planned for Mark, and I didn't really know what they thought of me. I was definitely foreign to their world, and I just felt out of place. As I finished up my interview with Mark, I felt a person inching closer and closer and closer to me from behind. Eventually, out of the corner of my eye, I could see a tall man craning his neck to look at my camera. He was mesmerized by the screen, focused on each button I pressed. A few moments later, we were engaged in a full conversation about the camera. He was captivated by how clear the screen was and how many settings went into creating each shot. There was a pure, youthful curiosity streaming out of this man. Our conversation lasted a few short minutes, and then he went off to see Mark to complete his visit to the drop-in center. Suddenly, Mark's mission seemed so crucial. Certainly this man was an addict, but he was a kind and curious person. Through the brief window I saw in his life, I realized the potential still resting in him. I appreciated why Mark was so set on harm reduction and why it was such a valuable mission. That being said, I really wanted to hear it in Mark's words. Uh, one thing I want to know more about is like, what is harm reduction to you? Um, can you just explain that quickly? Like, why, is, why is it better to give people safe ways to do drugs instead of saying don't do drugs? Like, why is this the approach that you're choosing? Harm reduction is a set of principles and strategies aimed at reducing the harm around illicit drug use. Uh, we can't I feel continue to turn a blind eye that it's not happening. So harm reduction acknowledges that people are going to use drugs. And the reasons for that are as varied as there are individuals. Uh, what we aim to do is just to make it safer and to keep those individuals alive until at some point a change will take place or they're just safe in whatever behavior they practice. As we've heard Mark say several times, there is no one way to solve these problems for these people. I mean, he's using completely unique approaches for everyone. And I think that's really the beauty of the adversity that we were talking about earlier is that everyone has to overcome it, but everyone's gonna do it in their own way. And everyone's problem is gonna be just a little bit different. There's no right way to where you want to go, and there's no one path anyone could follow, and there's no one solution that can help anyone fix their path. It has to be done individually, it has to be done on your own, but it can be done with help. For Mark, I think we can all learn that overcoming our own adversity has to be an honest and realistic process. When your challenge is as big as coming off of drugs, it can't just be, don't use drugs. There needs to be some step in between to help you get to that goal. Just as if our goal is to lose a lot of weight, our goal isn't shouldn't be to lose 200 pounds, it should be to lose the first 5 pounds, and then 10 pounds. Likewise, if our goal is to graduate college, it should be to get through this one class, or the next semester, and the next year. I think by breaking down problems into these details that we can solve, we can all overcome far more adversity than we ever thought we were capable of.